Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Hello, Freckled Foodie fam. It is just me today. I am doing a mini solo, I think, bonus episode. I don't really have a plan. I talked about this on my Instagram page recently. I don't know when I'm releasing this episode, so I can't really reference back how long ago it was. But on June 17th, that was when I talked about it on my Instagram. I'll post the... um post in the show notes. But basically, I was going to dive into the topic on my Instagram stories. And as I started talking about them, I just felt so rushed by like the 15 second countdown timer on IG. And I feel like it deserves a longer format conversation. So here we are. I'm going to talk about privilege, which is something I've talked about on my page a lot recently. But In general, I've talked about it for a long time and I've talked about it for a way longer time with my therapist because it's something that I'm continuously trying to unpack and assess and grapple with in a sense. And so here we are. So I want to start first and foremost. um, Obviously, this conversation is stemming from us all, well, not us all, but us white people acknowledging our white privilege as the first step of anti-racism work. And given everything that is happening in the world right now specifically and the strength of the Black Lives Matter movement, it's really front and center and something that we should all be talking about, in my opinion. And In the work I'm personally doing, it's caused me to also unpack a lot of other privileges I have. One specifically when it comes to financial privilege, something that is always top of mind for me. Um, And then some that I honestly take for granted and just don't even think about. And so we're going to unpack all of them. But I want to start out by saying I think there's a miscommunication or misconception of what privilege entails. And You know, there's a lot of white fragility that comes up when white privilege is brought up because people don't like to admit or accept or acknowledge their privilege because they feel it might be taking away from their success or hard work. And I want to start by like very clearly identifying there is a massive difference. Like privilege does not mean that you can't face hardships. 
it does not mean that you have this incredible like life that's filled with dandelions and sunshine and roses. Privilege is not taking away from the hard work, but it's saying that with the hard work, it sets you in a different playing field than others. And I don't personally understand how we can even deny that. And I'm going to really exemplify that when I unpack some of my privileges. Um, But someone said to me, it's not what has happened to you, but it's more what has not happened to you. It's not what you've had to endure. It's what you haven't had to endure because you have that privilege. And that goes for white privilege, that goes for financial privilege, that goes for them all. So I'm going to provide examples on both ends, but I do think that's a good way of looking at it. So let's unpack this shit. Um, I, you know, am very open with you all. So we're just going to dive right in. This is something that in no means am I I don't know if you ever really work through this. I don't think it's something that you ever can work through because we live with it. So it's something that I'm constantly thinking about and doing personal work on. I feel like you guys are my therapist. So welcome to therapy session. I am your patient. I also want to quickly note, and I know I posted this on the post, but I am not the leader by any means for anyone in this movement. I cannot be the leader. Char. I cannot be the leader because I, as a white woman, have not experienced racism. Buddy, do you want a microphone? Um, What I can be is the person I always am on my account who is just sharing what I'm learning and what I'm experiencing personally and unpacking my thoughts. I am really just sharing my experience with all of this because I do know A lot of my audience, majority of my audience are white privileged people and I just want the conversation to be had. So by no means do I have the answers. Am I the educator or am I the person you should be turning to? I am alongside all of you guys working through this as well and turning to black voices to educate me. Um, Okay, white privilege really easy one to start off with. There are so many fucking examples. That could be honestly an entire podcast, which it does deserve the time for, but I'm going to kind of lump them all into one right now. So I talk about a few examples of how my white privilege has benefited me in the blog post with all of the anti-racism resources. But here are a few specifically uh, recent ones. Let's go. I am continuously surrounded by and see people that look just like me. So I have always walked into classrooms and seen people that look like me. My teachers have always looked like me. My bosses have always looked like me. My colleagues have always looked like me. Every TV show, for the most part, people look like me. The books I read, the characters are mostly white. Um, The podcasts I listen to, like the media is really catered to people that look like me. And I've never once thought about that, to be totally honest. Um, A big one, another one, is for the most part of my life, I have turned to police as protectors and I've never feared them. And I provide the example specifically in that blog post where I was, I don't know if you can say I was arrested because I don't know what that entails. Like I wasn't charged with anything, so I don't know if I was arrested or not. But we were at a party and I mean, I first and foremost, ran from the police. So that right there, I'm still alive, people. Um, Different outcome. And I was grabbed by, you know, whatever. I was eventually caught and put in the back of a cop car with a few other girls. 
and we were driven to the police station and the entire ride I had the audacity as an underaged privileged white girl to bitch at them for not having seatbelts in the back of their cop car which like is kind of crazy um but I was like voicing that opinion. I wasn't afraid. Obviously, I was scared of what am I going to tell my parents and what is my coach going to do and am I still going to get into college? But I was never afraid for my life. And I think that right there is a massive privilege that we all need to acknowledge. Um, I recently did a poll to kind of show white privilege in the sense of like the war on drugs. And I was polling the Freckle Foodie audience on whether you've done whether you smoke weed, whether it's legal in the state you live in, whether you've done coke and whether you've been arrested. And I think 5% said they were arrested. And a lot of people DM'd me being like, also, let's clarify even more. I was arrested and never once was I afraid for my life. It was like, what am I going to tell my parents? And I was running away from the police. So very similar consequences. Um, More, I've openly smoked and traveled with marijuana and never once been concerned of being caught or punished. Um, I walk around constantly with open alcohol containers. If I think about the beach, never once cops drive by me. Never once am I nervous about that. Um, I landed a job at one of the most prestigious banks. And I think there might be some people being like, oh, that's not white privilege. Trust me. I was in the room. I am very, very aware that my whiteness played a role in that. Um, I have been on both sides. Not both sides, but I've been on the other side and I'm aware that whiteness plays a role in that. Um, And then there are things that have not happened to me. And that's where I'm saying I've never feared the police. I've never feared going to a doctor. I've never had someone follow me around in a store because they think I... I'm, I don't, I'm not deserving, quote unquote, of being there. Instead, I've had people cater to me in stores. Um, I've had the ability... This is a huge one. The privilege to decide whether I want to learn more about racial injustice. Like, huh? What? The fact that we even have the option to learn about racism instead of experiencing it. That is a massive one that is going really unnoticed right now. Um, Okay, so those are just... I mean, I listed a bunch, but those are a few when it comes to white privilege. And that for me is where I think people have the hardest time with like accepting that it exists, which I still don't understand. But there are are people I hear arguing, well, I've had a hard life. Like just because I'm white, my life wasn't great. No one is saying that. I am not taking away and no one is taking away the hardships that you may have faced, whether it's losing a parent or a loved one or, you know, there's so many things that can happen to you that does not take away from that. But it says that other aspects of your life, you were given a, whether it's a free pass or you were in a different playing field or you were giving kind of like a leg up because of your race and your color. And I just don't know how people can deny that. So white privilege. Um, Financial privilege is probably the biggest one for me otherwise. Oh, fuck. I forgot I wanted to do this in the beginning. So here we go. One of the other reasons I'm doing this, and maybe I'll cut this and put it in the intro, but probably not because I'm lazy. I found that when I started speaking, I've always kind of talked about a bunch of things on my platform. It's never just food. I'm talking about things I'm learning about in my personal life. And I feel comfortable sharing whatever it is I am going through on there because I have such amazing, incredible people, part of our community. But I definitely found that the more I shared about white privilege and specifically 
the Black Lives Matter movement, um, there were definitely people that decided to unfollow me, which is everyone's decision. The great thing, my friend posted this, this is not a fucking airport. You don't have to announce your departure. You can just unfollow. So I hate the comments like, I liked you, but now I'm unfollowing. Oh, cry me a river. Goodbye. Leave. But I think I grappled with the... Not that I cared people were leaving because I don't want people who feel uncomfortable by what I'm sharing or disagree with what I'm sharing as part of the Freckle Foodie family. But I saw a tweet that was like, you shouldn't be worried about losing followers. You should be questioning yourself or questioning why you created a space that made these people feel comfortable in the first place. And I've been thinking about that a lot. And I've come to the conclusion that one of the reasons I think people feel comfortable or felt comfortable in my page is because they may have related to the many privileges that I put out there. And they might have seen me as someone like that they can seek comfort in or, oh, I relate to that person. I want to be a part of that. I want to watch what they're doing. I get it. And then the second I start talking about this stuff, it's like, oh, hold up. Wait a second. I was not here for this. Um... And the white fragility leads them also to the white apathy where it's like, okay, I care about this. Yeah, like sure, racism is a problem, but I've also really benefited from white supremacy and I'd rather just kind of like stay where I am and climb under this comfort blanket and just ignore it all because it's it's really treating me well. So do I think that those people existed and still exist in the Freckles Foodie family? 100%. And I think that's something I struggle with because I've always had a hard time with the miss, I don't know if it's a misconception or really just like the two aspects of how I show up and who I really am. So if you were to see me, which you all do because a lot of you don't personally know me, um, but from a profile or from an outsider's perspective, I am a very, I'm a white, rich person. And I can say that comfortably and not feel weird about it because it's my parents' money, most of it. Um, And I think that people see, you know, I'm living in the West Village. I'm spending time at my parents' multiple homes. We're traveling and, and I'm doing all these fun and very expensive things in Manhattan. And either they relate to that and see comfort in that. And I don't know. I think they just expect me to show up as that person who's aligned with those privileged, in a sense, values. And I think the person that I do show up as or I am is very different than the person I am perceived as. And this has always been something I've battled with really my entire life and is all of my therapy sessions focus on because I do think that I it's really hard for me to put into words and I'm still working on it clearly because I don't want to offend people and I'm not I don't want to generalize either but I don't care about the superficial shit um I don't really care about my image or how people I'm a people pleaser but I don't care about how people perceive me when it comes to I guess financially or what I look like or how I present myself or clothing and designers like that kind of stuff And I look around sometimes and I'm like, wow, what has happened? How have I surrounded myself in such a privileged world? Um, So that being said, 
I do think that I created a space based on my persona and what I appear as on a surface level for certain people to feel comfortable. So financial privilege. This list could really fucking go on forever again. But here are some recent ones. So first and foremost, I grew up in a home where we were never concerned about putting food on the table. Uh, I was never told no because it wasn't something we could afford. If I was told no, which honestly didn't happen a ton, it was because they just didn't want to do it. Um, I received an incredible private school education that is a large sum of money. Um, I then went on to receive an incredible college education debt-free that I did not put a dollar towards. Um, when I graduated from college debt-free, I was able to have the opportunity to choose to save money. There's a lot of, we should all save money, but a lot of people can't fucking save money because they have to pay their bills with the income they are making. So if you're out there and you're saving money, that is a privilege. Um, with that said, saved money, I was able to quit my job and pursue my dream with a safety net to fall back on. I think every time I tell the story, I really try to express my acknowledgement of the privilege that went into so much of this. Um, you know, I was able to save all this money when I was working at JP Morgan. A, yes, I was making great money. There's a lot of privilege that, that comes with that. But B, I was able to save that money. Um, my parents own the apartment I live in. Like there's so much that goes into my ability to save money. And that has allowed me to now do Freckled Foodie full time. And I think that for me personally, I worked my butt off. There is no doubt about it. I worked so hard in school. I work really hard right now. But none of that is taken away from the fact that the financial privilege of my life has allowed me to be where I am. I'm still allowed, I'm still able to work hard and still have privilege. Like, again, that's not taking away from that. Personally, I find it very interesting because I feel I have a chip on my shoulder that a lot of the times is more if you're coming from a certain type of background where you feel like you have to prove you're worthy of being there. My chip is kind of the opposite where I'm like, I feel I have to prove to people that I deserve to be here because of my hard work, not just because of where I came from. And I think it's really easy to write people off because they come from money and say, oh, well, they don't deserve anything. They're just rich. Fine. I mean, people say it all the time. I People say it to me. I've said it before. But I think that plays a huge motivator and role in how hard I do work because I do feel like I want I, I don't know I, I feel an extra need to prove to people I'm a freaking people pleaser it's my worst quality um and I want everyone to like me it's an issue also and now I lost my train of thought but there was something else I wanted to say about my oh also um coronavirus I was able to quarantine in one of the multiple homes of my parents and bop around between them and have that ability. I have never once had to question whether I'm able to do anything with my health in a positive manner in the fear of bills. Um, I've done so many things that are have been so incredibly beneficial for my health but come with such a large price tag and there is so much financial privilege that comes in that and now I remember the point I wanted to say is that when I tell my story of quitting my job to be doing freckled foodie full-time or to be here or whatever it may be. 
I have to acknowledge the privilege in that because you can't realistically tell everyone to take a place of bet on yourself. That's just not an opportunity everyone has. There's so much fucking privilege that goes into being able to make that oppor- like make that choice and place that bet and actually quit your corporate job to do something on your own and be an entrepreneur. And I think that's also something I struggle with because I'm, I have a really hard time with the identity of being, I don't like to call myself an influencer. I think there's so many things that I dislike about it. But in this space, these people have to be privileged to be doing this because we have chosen to leave corporate stability to do this. And so when everyone is so unrelatable, like that plays a large role. And I think I struggle because I don't like being grouped in with certain people that I'm watching their content and I might not like and I don't know. It's something I'm personally going with. And I guess there was no point in that statement, but whatever. So that's a lot of the financial privilege. I also think that with that, I've struggled on my page because when I share things, it seems like it might be something that everyone needs to do. And that's not at all what I'm saying. You know, me spending money on acupuncture or colonics or body work or therapy. I realize how much privilege goes into that. And it is not required for you guys to be healthy whatsoever what so freaking ever um straight privilege or sexuality privilege so a we can take the gender privilege thing of the fact that I'm cisgender and I was born into the gender that I wanted to be and b I'm straight so I never had to come out to anyone which still blows my mind that it is a thing um but everyone in our community and society, quote unquote, expected me to be straight. So I am the expected, I have air quotes around that, um, sexuality. I think sexuality is the right phrase to be used there. I'm not positive. I also have never once questioned showing affection towards my partner in public for fear of judgment or looks or comments or any of that. And I have always seen in movies or books or whatever it is, most couples look just like us. And then there is thin privilege. I have always assumed that a store would carry my size. Never once have I had to put in extra time or effort to find something that would fit me. And I have never been judged or judged for or told I need to change my weight. Another thing that someone brought to my attention is doctors believe me they don't second guess anything I'm saying because of my weight and deem me quote-unquote unhealthy and thin privilege you know someone commented will you eat healthy like that's why you're thin no that is not true first of all I eat healthy hello another financial privilege to allow me to even have the option to eat the way I do but b There are genetics that play a role. There are people that would eat and do the exact same things as I do and their body does not look the same as mine and vice versa. Like there is privilege in that. Another one that kind of comes with that is beauty privilege. I mean, I feel I'm not like saying I'm beautiful, but I do fit the classic American beauty standards and I know I get away with shit that I do or say because of the way I look. Hands down. I know that and I'm very aware of it. Um... Another one that was brought to my attention is being able-bodied. And I really, I did notice this after my concussion. Um, 
I said I'll never take it for granted again, but clearly I did because I didn't even think about it or include it. But the fact that I'm able to easily get wherever I need to be, go wherever I need to go, and just go about my life without ever having to once second guess that or think about it. Every structure, every building, every everything is built for someone like myself that is able-bodied. Another one is mental health privilege. I don't know what the term would that for that would be. Um, I obviously struggle with certain aspects of mental health, but I know that there are always, always other things that I could be struggling with that I am not, and I'm grateful for that. I mean, now I'm just like looking around this room, like what else is privileged in here? Everything, everything. And I think a lot of people based on DMs I've gotten also struggle with unpacking the privilege. And I don't know if coming to terms with it is the right verbiage because I do think people have come to terms with their privilege that I speak with over DM, but struggling with accepting it because that's what I've been struggling with my whole life. And I think what has helped me is you have to acknowledge it first and foremost. For the people who are DMing or commenting or having conversations on the side that none of this exists, open your eyes is what I have to say. You're living under a fucking rock. Um, you need to take a hard look in the mirror and check yourself. But also, then we have to do something with it. So what are we doing with our white privilege? I'm still figuring out ways to assess that. I am actively showing up to protests. I am trying to be a voice for the black indigenous people of color who are not necessarily in the room. If they don't have a seat at the table, I want to speak up for them. And then I want to find a way to make a seat at the table for them. I think that's the first and second biggest step. Hey, hold up. Sorry, it's me. Obviously, I was editing the episode and I realized that that statement right there is pretty much white saviorism and also inherently implies that we are in more power and that black people are powerless. So that is not the message I want to get across. Instead of the verbiage I just used and the reason I'm not cutting it and just replacing it is because we all fuck up as I just did. And I want to show, A, that I fucked up, and B, a better usage of verbiage, I guess. Again, I'm still learning. Um, instead, I think it should be in that space that you're in, speaking up if they are not at the table, and then doing your best to make it a place where they feel welcome if they choose to be at that table. Um, so that, you know, they're able to get to the table. It's not just because of you. They are able with their ability to get to the table, but making sure it's a space that they feel welcome when they get there. Okay, now let's keep going. You know, if you're a white person listening to this and you're surrounded by white people, as I am, and you've been in situations where people are making racist jokes or comments or stereotypes or things of that nature and you've idly stood by as I have or awkwardly laughed because you don't know how to even react and you can't believe those words just came out of that person's mouth well it's time we grow the f up and put on our big girl pants and stand up to these people because enough is enough and we need to be the people who are speaking up for people who are not there if no one's going to speak up to these people making these comments a they're going to think that you agree with them and b they're just going to continue and that's how you can use your white privilege. You guys, we, 
I don't like, I mean, it's not you guys, it's me too. We're in rooms right now that not, that are at some times primarily white. And that's when you need to use the privilege and speak up and then find a way to put someone in that seat at that table that does not look like you. When it comes to financial privilege, I mean, hello, charity, donations. Like that's an easy one. I've always grown up in a home where charitable actions were a big focus and it's something that I've continued to do. Ideally, if you can set aside a portion or a percentage of every month's income, if you're in a financially privileged ability to do that, do it. Not only will it help you stay on track, you know, this isn't like a one month thing. This is going on for the rest of your life. Life. I just did a little error. But it also helps charities to receive like continuous donations, not just one lump sum. And then the other ones I'm constantly trying to figure out, you know, straight privilege is another one similar to white privilege where you're usually in a room with people who are of the same sexuality as you. So speak up. If someone's still using the grotesque words to describe a gay man, first of all, smack them upside the head. Second of all, tell them it is not okay. Like be that person. Speak up for these people. Um, and I don't know. I'm still figuring out what I want to do. I mean, right now I'm in a weird place with my platform. I feel like I have absolutely no value. And what is the point of any of this? What am I bringing to the table? Why would anyone? You know, there's so much bigger shit in the world. Who the hell cares when I'm eating for fucking lunch? Sorry. That's just how I'm feeling. You're catching me post-therapy. So I just vented about this for an hour. Um, but I want to use my platform to help continue this conversation and bring awareness to the topic. And I think right now, specifically in the wellness industry, it's a bunch, myself included, of thin, white, financially privileged people. And we need to let other people in. And other people need to have a stronger voice because it can't just be people that look like me because not everyone looks like me and they're going to feel excluded. So that's my goal on here I hope this made any sense and anyone at all appreciated this. If you do, send me a DM, share this on your Instagram. If you want, leave a review. I would love a good review on iTunes. So please do that. If you haven't already, help a girl out. Um, either way, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for your continued support on Instagram. Without you guys, I would not have this platform or voice. And so I really do owe it all to you. Have a great day. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there, at Freckled Foodie.